If you have a Bible, friends, or a New Testament, could I invite you to turn, please, to Luke's Gospel on chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I want to thank Nigel for those kind words of welcome. He's quite right when he says that uh, I'm more nervous here than other places, but uh, I suppose that goes without saying. Um, a prophet is no honour in his own country, but then I'm no prophet. I'm no prophet. Okay, look chapter 4, friends, and we'll commence, and we'll read verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now over to verse 14, friends, please. And Jesus entered in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That's actually Isaiah chapter 61 and verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Amen. We'll end a reading there at verse 22. And we know that the Lord always blesses his word when we read it. Shall we, my friends, just for a brief word in prayer. And now, Father, as we return to thy precious word, may our hearts be prepared by thee, speaker, as well as hearer. And help us to hear no voice, only thy voice and thy voice alone. Come and speak to us. Come and challenge us. Come and bless us. And glorify thy name in our midst. We ask it in our Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning about mentors. Mentors. You and I as believers could have many Bible characters in Scripture and use them as mentors. As it were, we could use them as mentors. And they, 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 they could teach us how uh, to live the Christian life. Think of, think, think of Enoch, friends. Think of Enoch. Enoch in Scripture had the testimony that he pleased God. Enoch would be a good mentor, wouldn't he? He had the testimony that he pleased God. 
what a testimony that was. Then we think of, <coughs> pardon me, Abraham. It says, he by faith went out, not knowing where God was leading him to. Oh, to be a believer, having the same faith as Enoch. What a faith Enoch, or sorry, what a faith Abraham had. Then we think of Daniel, friends. Daniel. Daniel had the testimony of being a, <coughs> pardon me if I frog in my throat here. Daniel had the testimony of being a mighty man of prayer. A mighty man of prayer. Friend, ought to be a believer with a similar prayer life as Daniel's. He would be a good mentor, wouldn't he? Abraham would be a good mentor. Yes, Enoch would be a good mentor. But I want his friends to look at one man in scripture, and I say this very reverently, who never failed because men at their best fail. I want us to look at one man in scripture who never failed and who never will fail. And this man that we want to look at is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We want to look at him being our mentor. And there's a few things in these verses relating to him that I found very, very interesting. And I want to share them with you this morning. Jesus, our Savior, what a mentor. First of all, we see him, friends, in verses 1 and verse 14, and in verses 18 and 19 of our reading, we see our Savior relying upon the Spirit, relying upon the Spirit of God. Look at verse 1, please. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. 14, please. Look at verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So we see the Savior, friends, we see him here, relying upon the Spirit. And what an example we have in this. An example, beloved, that you and I as believers could follow. An example that you and I could look up to and seek to follow. I think of what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 5 verse 18. Paul says this, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled or controlled or led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. 
As I thought about this this week, I asked the question, am I always relying upon the Spirit of God? Am I always relying upon the Spirit of God for guidance, etc.? F.B. Meyer, that great man of a bygone era, it said of him how that he used to pray for more of the Holy Spirit when God revealed to him that the Holy Spirit was wanting more of F.B. Meyer. F.B. Meyer. I wonder, friend, is the Holy Spirit looking more of you? Is he looking more of me today? In order to equip us, yes, to love God more and to serve him better. Jesus, what a mentor. What a mentor. Yes, we see him relying upon the Spirit. And you know, whenever he found it, uh, he found it that it's good to rely upon the Spirit. Surely you and I, his people, should find that so as well. Then I see something else, friends, in these verses. In verses 18 and 19, we see our Savior ready for service. Ready for service. Look at verse 18 and 19, please. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Here we go. Here's the service. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So we see our Savior not only relying upon the Spirit, but friends, we see him also now ready for service. Now, did you notice the wording there in verse 18, where Jesus says, He, that's the Holy Spirit, He hath anointed me and hath sent me. You know, friends, lessons can be learned here from those two statements in verse 18. You see, if the Spirit of God comes upon a believer, and the Spirit of God anoints such a believer, and sends such a believer out to serve him, then no doubt such a service, dear friends, will be old and blessed and used of God. Now in the Bible concerning the Apostle Paul's service, it says these words, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and then it says, by the will of God. By the will of God. Beloved, the bottom line on Christian service is this. It's God, the Holy Spirit, and he alone who gifts the believer for service. I trust we are all ready and willing to be of service to our Lord and Master. I trust we are. You in your small corner, dear friends, and I in mine. So we have the Savior here relying upon the Spirit. We see him here also ready for service. 
Then I see, friends, something else. I see something else in verse 16. Something else in verse 16. I see him regular in the synagogue. He's regular in the synagogue. Look at verse 16, please. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was... He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So we see our Saviour now. Not only did we see him relying upon the Spirit, not only did we see him ready for service, but we see him now and he's regular in the synagogue, the place of worship. Now did you notice the wording there in verse 16, beloved? Because it says, as his custom was. What about you and I today? What about us today, friends? Are we always found regular in the place of worship? Would it be our custom to be there? Would it be our delight to be always there? I believe that our Saviour was found found in the place of worship regular. I believe he must have longed and loved to be there. Have you got that longing to be in the house of God? Are you always looking forward to the Lord's day, to be in the house of God, the place of worship? Are you a regular on the Lord's day when it's at all possible? On the Wednesday night, midweek, are we regular there? Is it our custom to turn out on a Wednesday night for the prayer meeting? You see, he is the Lord Jesus. And we see him regular. Regular in the synagogue. He longed and loved to be there. I believe that when he went there, he had a spiritual hunger met. He had a spiritual thirst quenched. Dear brother, dear sister, this morning, this really challenged me. Never I thought about him being regular in the synagogue. May we as believers always have a hunger. May we always have a thirst, friends, for the house of God and for the things concerning him. I think of that verse we hear quoted very often, <clears throat> Hebrews 10, 25. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Oh, may none of us, beloved, may none of us be identified with that little phrase there in Hebrews 10 and 25 where it says, as the manner of some is. Here we have the Saviour. Here we have him. And he's regular in the synagogue. It was his custom to be there. It was. What a mentor our blessed Saviour would be for you and I to emulate. What a mentor. We find him relying on the Spirit. We find him ready for service. 
We find him, we find him regular in the synagogue. I see something else, friends. Something very interesting as well. And it's in verses 16 and 17. I see our Savior reading the scriptures. Look at verses 16 and 17, please. It says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So we have our Savior here reading the scriptures. Is that a habit of you? Is it a habit of me to be found regular reading the scriptures? Yes, we see here two things. I see here two things that relate to the scriptures. First of all, <clears throat> number one, the scriptures weren't neglected by the Son of God, by the Lord Jesus. The scriptures weren't neglected. What an example, friends, is laid down here for each of us as believers. May you and I as believers be always found in the book, as it were. If the Lord Jesus found it necessary to read the scriptures, then so should we also. There's, I came across a few quotes in the study the other day. I want to read them to you. The first one is this. Dust on the Bible. Dust on the Bible. Then I see another one. A well-read Bible is a sign of a well-fed soul. With some believers, the book, the Bible has become dry on the inside. They must have let dust gather on the outside. Dear friends, this morning I want to challenge all of our hearts. Are we found often in the book? In the book. I used to work with a man. He wasn't a Christian, but his wife was. And I remember many times him and I would have been on duty together. And I remember one night I said to Kenny, Kenny, I'm sure there'd be times you'd be embarrassed. Whenever you would maybe walk into your, into your house seeing your wife's a Christian, and maybe find her reading the Bible or maybe praying or something, I said, Kenny, I'm sure you would maybe feel a wee bit embarrassed. He says, Sydney, I've never seen my wife, never seen my wife reading the Bible, and I've never, never found her praying. Dear friends, dear Christian friends this morning, May we be always found in the Bible. May we always be found reading the scriptures. The scriptures weren't, weren't neglected. In our verses here, 
The scriptures weren't neglected by the Son of God. I said there were two things. There were two things. Secondly, number two, the scriptures weren't neglected in the synagogue of God. They weren't neglected in the synagogue of God. Now I'm sure you would agree with me, friends, that in many churches today, the scriptures are being compromised. The scriptures are being neglected. And in some quarters, even rejected without any thought or conviction whatsoever. Oh, friends, what lessons, practical lessons we can learn here from these verses of Scripture. We see our Savior reading the Scriptures. He didn't neglect, he didn't neglect the Scriptures. And certainly the Scriptures weren't neglected where he worshipped in the city of God. Remember talking to you about this pastor one day, and he, he said to me, Sidney, you know, he says, I was grieved very, very recently by one of my oversight. He told me to ease up on the book. Ease up on the book. I thought that was terrible. Oh, friends, as the saints of God, Let's adhere to words, the word self. Psalm 1 verse 2. Where the psalmist says, My delight is in the law of God. And in it doth I meditate. Listen, day and night. Day and night. The psalmist says, My delight is in the law of God. And in it doth I meditate day and night. Would that be you? Would that be me? Thus as the saints of God. What about the servants of God? Those, those of us who are seeking to serve the Savior. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Paul says there, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. What an example, friends, our Savior has left us to follow concerning his word and the place of worship. Let's never be guilty, dear brethren and sisters, May we never be guilty of neglecting or compromising the word of God either in our lives or in our churches. Jesus, our mentor, as we look at him this morning in the light of the scriptures, we have found him relying upon the spirit. May that be you. May that be me. We find him ready for service. May that be you. May that be me. We find him regular in the synagogue. May that be you. May that be me. We find him reading the scriptures. May that be you. Or may that be me. Fifthly, number five. 
I see in verses 18 through to verse 20, 18, 19, and 20, see the Savior respecting the servant. Respecting the servant. Look at verse 18 down through to 20. Respecting the servant. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened unto him. Yes, respecting the servant. It says very clearly that he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And sat down. What an example is given here, friends, to all who would be connected to a church in any way today. Isn't it a fact that in some places there are those who won't respect, who won't respect their elder, their pastor or minister? Yes, it's top dog or nothing. You see, friends, in spite of the example that our Saviour leaves us here, yet there are those in some assemblies today who would need to take a back seat, as it were. Yes, in respect to the leader, to the pastor, to the elder, etc. Yes, some today have had to resign, some today have had to go into the sick with stress coming from within the assembly. Oh, we see the Saviour here. He's respecting the servant. He hands over the book and sits down. One more thought, friends, and we're through by our Saviour. We've seen him relying upon the Spirit ready for service, regular in the synagogue, reading from the scriptures, respecting the servant. Lastly, in verse 22, very, very noticeable thing here. In verse 22, we see him recognized as the son. He's recognized as the son. It's verse 22 and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Recognized. He was recognized, friends, for who he was. Notice that our Savior was recognized also by all in verse 22. Recognized by all. Everybody there recognized him for who he was. Yes, 
What about you? What about me today, friends? Are we recognized by all whom we come in contact with as to whose we are and to whom we serve? Jesus was. He was recognized for who he was. Notice also in verse 22, he said, and the way he said it, it spoke volumes. Verse 22. What he said, and the way he said it, spoke volumes. And all bore him witness, and wondered at the words which proceeded out of his mouth. No, it doesn't say that. Sure it doesn't. Wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. There's a difference there, isn't there? Yes. What about some of the words that you and I would utter sometimes? What about the, the words that you and I would utter sometimes? Would they be classed as gracious words? Gracious words? After all, Colossians 4 and verse 6 exhorts us. It says there, Colossians 4 verse 6, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. We see him here respecting the servant, and we see him recognized now as the son. All bear him witness. All bear witness who he was. Yes, Scripture also tells us that we're to order our speech aright. Order our speech aright. Beloved, as we bring our service to a close this morning, let me read to you the following quote that I came across some time ago and it really challenged my own heart. Here is the quote. If you were summoned to a court of law to ascertain whether you belong to the Lord or not, would there be enough evidence in your manner of living that would warrant a conviction against you? It's challenging, isn't it? Let me read it again. If you were summoned to a court of law to ascertain whether you belong to the Lord or not, would there be enough evidence in your manner of living that would warrant a conviction against you? Quite challenging, isn't it? Quite challenging. And now in closing, let me say this. There are many great men that we could turn to in Scripture to emulate and use as mentors, as it were. Yet there could be no greater a mentor than the Son of God himself, because, well, after all, he does say, be ye imitators of me. We've seen him this morning relying upon the Spirit, ready for service, regular in the synagogue, reading the scriptures, respecting the service, and recognized as the Son. And may the Lord bless these challenging thoughts.
to our hearts this morning. <clears throat> We're going to sing our closing hymn. <clears throat> and we start with